Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about plot hooks. I was going to talk about what are some cool plot hooks that will get your players attached to your story or go for it. Ah, yes. But when I was doing research, there were a lot of people complaining that people didn't take their plot hooks. Right. That's that's pretty common uh, complaint from GMs is that their plot hooks just aren't grabbed. They don't hook the players into the adventure that the GM has prepared. And I put down my first quote is that plot, hook, uh, plot hooks for your game can be some of the most rewarding and frustrating <laughs> things for a GM to create. See, I'm not that I'm not that hard as a player, right? I'm going into a game and I'm assuming that whatever, you know, just don't give me eight to pick from and I might pick the wrong one, right? Well, that might be a problem too, right? That if you don't know what of the menagerie of items is placed before you is the right one that's going to take you on the adventure, that's a big problem, right? And and as a GM, you should I don't know, I don't know how it depends on what kind of game the GM is running, right? Yeah. In my opinion. Well, it also depends on the players too, right? Right. But if you're a GM that has, uh, what is it, that prepares a lot and stuff like that, you probably don't have a lot of plot hooks because there's only one. There's one way to go. Right. There's one adventure. I think more modern way or a more modern, I don't know about modern, but uh, the latest thing is to try not to do a lot of stuff beforehand because if they don't bite into that plot hook and then you're trying to push them into that into that direction that's considered railroading and for the most part that's not for a lot of people that's not a, a good way to present a game even right. though it's t tried and tested right a lot of times when i go to conventions i do have stuff pre-planned right i do have a plot i do have a, a something that's going on and luckily for me that uh, players usually know that we're in a game that has a plot and that there's a certain direction, and I present them with one plot hook or one situation, and then they follow that situation. Well, that's a one-shot, though, right? Correct, at a con, yeah. So if it's a one-shot, it's a little bit easier because this is the job. This I have this job audience. for you, right? <laughs> right. It, when, it's a, when it's a campaign and you've been playing with these guys for a long time or or whatever, maybe it's a little different. They, they want to do side quests. They want to do different things because you're you're you've been trekking along on this trail for three years now <laughs> three actual years <laughs> or game years actual years oh wow so i think i don't know i think people are there's two two there's a number of ways you can attack this right as a gm i now not my old gm of maybe 10 years ago maybe even more uh, I keep thinking that, that not a lot of time has passed since I got this but idea, but it has been a while. But I, I don't prepare like I used to, and I've mentioned that before. I don't. Uh, I make. I used to make maps. I used to make all kinds of NPC, full fleshed out NPCs, you know, like character sheets and stuff like that. Though now you could just make them on the fly, interestingly on online or stuff. But still, I would do that stuff, and and then it wouldn't get used. So I'm like, oh, that sucks, because I would expect them to go a certain direction. And players being players, they don't ever go that certain direction. So all that stuff is lost. I know in Jolene's universe, everything just shifts in front of them no matter where where they go, which is actually a cool idea. That way your stuff gets used. Well, I, I don't see why if you if you spend all this time making this NPC, 
and they don't go to the particular tavern where they are or whatever, right? Why can't that NPC be at the tavern oh, no. they do go definitely, to? Definitely, that's true, right? So I understand people who prepare a lot and they have these plot hooks. Uh, maybe they have one or two different plot hooks that lead them in the same direction, or they have one or two plot hooks that go in different directions, but more or less toward the same goal end goal. I think that I think that you were telling me a story about one GM who had put out these four plot hooks, yes. right? And one one of them was a red herring, right? And that's the one that people picked, right? Well, it wasn't even a plot hook. It was a well, okay. Uh, it was this guy who who uh, actually recently left the 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 podcast happy jacks uh he was the runner of it but uh but he would use newspapers uh-huh. and so he would make newspaper at one point he got newsprint and and uh, would make newspapers right. of, of the of alaska i forget where he was that they were at this was a, a vampire game or something and he would put the plot hooks in the paper in the in the in the articles and uh, one of the this like filler page he said that he had this blank spot on the page and you know you don't have blank spots in newspapers so he just put this this piece about a bear attacking some fishermen so of all the things of all these interesting things he put in the paper that he had crafted the group went zeroed in on this little side article about this bear attack and so they went looking for the bear because they thought the bear was like uh, something yeah. up with the bear and so he's like what the hell are these people doing? so they go out and he's like okay and they're out there in the wilderness his actual plot is miles away and he's like okay and so they're looking for this bear and he's trying to make it interesting so they come across a bear a big grizzly bear right and they just slaughter the heck out of it because they're vampires or something i don't know what they were i think they're playing vampire and he's like and then years later everybody remembers that though it's funny very funny is that they remember going after the bear and slaughtering the bear and then uh and still you know uh that happened like 15 years yeah. ago and i think it's interesting i think it's interesting that that happens that you have these plot hooks that you carefully crafted and worded and whatever, and your players zero in on the random thing you put in. Right. Uh, the squirrel, right? Squirrel. Yeah. And then they, all the attention goes that direction. You're like, what the heck is going on? Now, for the most part, I don't ever remember. I guess I use plot hooks. I, I never called them that when uh, years ago, but you know, I, pr- I would present situations like, you know, oh, you've heard of this, you know, and that's what they are plot hooks. And uh, interesting things that they hear, uh, rumors and stuff like that. And I've read some scenarios where that's the kind of stuff that happens, right? They go into a tavern. There's possible that they might hear this rumor or that rumor, right? I remember uh, it was a Game of Thrones game. It was in the, I think it was in the original, like the beginner adventure. And there's a... they can they could stop at a tavern, right? And there's rumors they could hear. Roll dice on this chart if they and they hear this rumor and that rumor. And I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I don't know if they were plot hooks, but the, it was a way of giving information to the yeah. players because uh, they they were on a quest to go to the main city, and they were just along the way. And what they what they would do is they would get information about what was happening around. You're right. There possibly some side quests like oh, there's some bandits that have been known to have been attacking in up north or wherever the direction they're going. Well, I think that's an interesting way to, to look at your game, right? You have your main plot going, or which I'm not, I don't know. I've never really called it a plot. That seems more like a writing terminology yes, to me, I right? Yes, we are right. So I don't think you can really write out what your players are going to do because they're not going to do what you think they that's, are. That's an interesting. Yeah, you're right. That's but, That's pretty... 
the idea about side quests is is I like that because and I don't know if if it was you or somebody else I I believe it was you because you're the one that talks to me all the time um, was telling me (laughs) that you know you can have these different ideas for people to do and there's something going on right and if they don't take that that particular the if they don't go with the main one and they do a side quest that's fine let them do their side quest but as they're going they're going to hear about this town was a fire burned down this town and then if they the next time uh, if they don't go that way to help those people they're still on their side quest right then they hear that the town has been destroyed like a timeline kind of thing right right that's not my original idea that i got that idea from i don't know one of a magazine article an article on online or something and basically the idea is that if if the characters don't do the quest, right, the main quest, you hear about kobolds attacking this town, and they put out a, a for help, and the players go, "Well, the, I've heard of this uh, golden idol in a cave somewhere. We're gonna go to the cave." So when they go back to town, they heard that the, the that the kobolds have been attacking, and and they're like, "Well, we're still gonna go, but there's consequences, right?" The, that still happens, mm-hmm. and it gets worse. And then, so when they get back to town, this is the third time, the town has been destroyed. So, like, consequences for inaction, I guess is what I'm saying, where the world's going to keep going, keep going, and whether the players interact with that thing or not, it doesn't matter. Things are going to happen. Right. And it's not going to wait for the players to get there. I think that's a, a key part. Because then the players, hopefully... We'll look at that situation and go, man, we, we messed up. We could have done something. Possibly. You never know. I don't know that you should be that heavy-handed, but uh, I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. And I remember thinking that that's an interesting idea. And then I was reading about these poor people. They have these, they're like, my players, I put out this, and my players <laughs> didn't do it. And and the, this one guy says that he had this serial killer that, uh, yeah, uh, and um, that's weird. It was, it was really, it was, it was, but that's it's basically what would happen, right? If you don't pay attention to what's going on, I guess. So there was a serial killer that would take people out of the tavern and drag them into the woods, and then, and then, um, like hunt them, right? Right. Like some mm-hmm. movies that people make these days. So, they he says that his characters are in the tavern. They they hear the they hear the story. And then that night they hear screams, but instead of actually going and investigating, they set wards around their windows and doors and go to sleep. Right. And then they're on a ship. Uh, did they say they actually saw the person kill somebody? No. No. Oh. Oh. Yes. yes. When they landed in the town, yes. they the person was running and they saw an arrow come out of the forest and That's kill him. And instead of like, you know, investigating, they go, they oh, just, oh. Huh. Let's well, go to the tavern. This person's dead. There's nothing we can do. So <laughs> they went to the tavern and then they set the wards. And then they get back on their ship and there's there's someone from the town has joined their crew. They're going along their merry way. And every town they go to, somebody dies. Right, right. I guess it's a serial killer basically yeah. is with them. Yeah. Going along with them on yeah. their boat. And they don't, not, a, not an actual character. And they never, and the, and the guy goes, they never actually investigated any of the things that, oh, you know, they the, were doing these things and they never investigated the one thing that he put in there that he wanted them to do, right? That's really strange. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Uh, I find... One, I wouldn't have a serial killer in my game because I don't like serial killers. And two, I... uh, Because they freak me out. But two, then... (laughs) 
I don't know that that I would be that subtle. I I don't even know if it was subtle, but why would your characters ignore the fact that you keep bringing up these? They keep hearing the same thing in every town. Right, and I, I obviously the GM had kept telling them that this was occurring, and they were like they were oblivious to it or they didn't care. What which you know I hate to say, but ultimately at one point this serial killer on his boat. I think just to make it. I don't know how upset I would be. I don't know if I should do that, but maybe kidnap one of the players' characters and hunt them, right, while they slept or something. I don't know. I think that's pretty weird. I think uh, for players not to bite on on plot hooks and and this this guy was just. I guess he it was on Reddit, right? It was a question on Reddit. It's a question on a lot of places, and people kept putting in or uh, writing in their. Horror stories. They're horror stories. And there was a ton of them. And some of them were very obvious and some of them were not so obvious. But I would think that thinking people that we are role players would grab on to or at least acknowledge something was going on. But sometimes these players seem totally oblivious to these plot hooks. And I'm thinking maybe they just didn't want to go that route. Like the serial killer, maybe some people were like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. So they just ignored it. So maybe, I don't know. Because some of these were like, bang over your head with a big two by four clue by four as i've heard it called and there's a plot hook and it's hitting you on top of the head and the players are like oh well we're gonna squirrel we're gonna go that way direction well when i was doing the research for this one i was listening to people and a lot of the people said what you need to do is know your players and what they're going to want to go for right right and then there's like different kinds of players that want to do things there's Yep. You you can make us the plot hook so their social standing right so that they're gonna raise their social standing which might appeal to your group if that's what they want to do right and then there's the emotional part right oh yeah and this one guy said he he wanted the players to do a certain thing they didn't take it the first time <laughs> they wouldn't do it right <laughs> whatever it was and he goes and they walk out of the tavern and he goes I put this little kid in front of them asking them to help. And that was all it took. Same thing, just totally different. You know, he goes, I'm like, he was like, I was flabbergasted that they didn't want to help these people, right? So then he goes, I just put this little kid out there going, someone took my mom. Uh. And, and that was that was all it took. So they appealed to, he appealed to the emotional part of them versus the his th- other appeal was. I think the, the easiest, the reason that I don't have this problem too much is because my players have always been greedy. And so that's the third one, the, the, glory uh, and treasure. Yeah, they, they've always. I mean, you know, I was playing with my son who was uh, between. I guess he started playing Pathfinder around seven or eight, and uh, so were his friends. Uh, he had a friend his age and one three years older, and then my friend Steve, who's basically a teenager, and greed and greed worked well. Anytime they didn't want to do something, I just threw gold at it. And boom, they would do it, you know, every time. And still to this day, they're like that. And they may not even like that. I would appeal to them to their emotional. No, they could care less. They go, oh, sorry, kid. How much gold do you got? <laughs> oh, good, we go. Well, you know, yeah, no, can't do it. But you throw gold in front of them. Someone's and, hiring them to do a job. Right. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what the job is that you might get killed doing it. If they're going to give me money, then okay, I'll do it. But that is some very good advice is that talk about. What do their, 
what do your players want out of the game? What do they really cherish? Whether it's money, social standing, what else do they say? Um, greed and greed, glory. Glory, or if you hit them on the emotional side, like yeah. And, and everybody has their their uh, the thing that they'll die on a hill for, right? That's right. Something that they'll fight for till the end, no and, matter what. No matter what. And so that's that's the plot hook that they'll bite on each and every time. But you got to be careful with that too, because like this one guy says. He looked at all the characters' backstories and picked things that they would want to do. Right. And he says this this one guy had to leave his town because his manor burned down. And <laughs> so he sends them back. He sends the party back to that town. And he says, five times I tell, I tell people, look at the manor on the hill, how shiny and new it is. Uh, look at the manor on the hill. It's Look at all the people going there. And... None of these people ever went to this manor, questioned why it wasn't burned down. And they just went right through town. And he goes, none of them questioned the backstory of this person, which I wanted them to do. Right. Because I was, I had a plot there. Of course. And they didn't take it, right? Well, you got to remember that depending on the player, right? Some people don't even write their own backstory. They'll... They'll copy and they paste. They randomly come up They'll with it. They'll copy and paste it from something somewhere, and they don't even know what their backstory is. The other people will just write stuff. Right. You know, usually they, they're orphans, right? Right. So a thing with black, 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 what backstories is, is that depending on the character, I mean, depending on the player, it means something different to every player. Right. Like the backstory to Augustine's, most of the time, Augustine's backstory, he probably doesn't remember what his backstory is. Ian, on the other hand, my other player, or our other player, is <laughs> Two pages, heavily so, invested yes, in this yes. backstory. And, and his motiva- that's his motivation and, for everything yeah, he does. So if I were to put something out of Augustine's backstory in a plot hook... He might not remember that it was remember his backstory. That, yeah. <laughs> he, he might not remember anything about it. If I did a tidbit or even a, a mention or a, something that related to, my, to Ian's backstory, he would be all over it. Right. He go, oh, I know about this. Oh, I want to investigate this. So it all depends on the player, player's uh, motivation and how invested they are right. in their own, in their own backstory. Because like my son would will literally put two sentences down where I would get pages of backstory from Ian. And I'm not saying good or bad either way, but I'm just saying that as a GM, you got to know your players, especially if you've been playing for them for a while in a campaign. You know who's gonna bite on on their backstory and you know who doesn't care about their backstory so i think that's another thing is that you got to know your different players and then there's those players who are kind of middle of the ground right they they thought about their backstory and stuff and they may not remember everything they wrote down but you know maybe you need to remind them you know uh that character obviously or that player obviously didn't remember his manor burning down in his hometown (laughs) but (laughs) You would, you know, I don't know how much. But I, none of the other players either. They didn't know his course, backstory, yeah. or they he, he hadn't talked about it, right? Right. Or, because, and he never he never said anything the whole time they were in the. That's town. that's amazing because like you didn't mention that. Oh, this is this is my hometown, and, or as a GM, you would you, I would announce it. Yeah. Oh, you come uh, and oh, is it, and then you would either as a question or something. Steve, isn't this your hometown? Uh, I think it's your hometown, right? It's a, I think I read in your backstory. And then you go, oh, and that might have triggered something. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what this player, how oblivious he was. <laughs> that is pretty bad for a GM to have happen to them, right? Uh, I had a list of stuff of how to make the play, the plot hooks more interesting. 
one of them is include some something from their backstory yeah. it's something that the player actually wrote and or thought it was important or thought was cool and used the part of the backstory but in this case you did that work. with augustine when um when we were playing i think it was storm king's thunder where he because he was a dwarf right and he looked like a dwarf yes that had committed crimes yeah he was, was wanted <laughs> yes, that's right we never knew if it was really augustine or not because people were always after him <laughs> because he was a greedy bastard yeah and so and so the the, the idea that there was some dwarf out there uh, uh, being a robber a brigand wasn't too far off it was it was very interesting and and it it added stuff so these people every once in a while a would poster, give him a, would, give a him poster a would, would, would come out right that says wanted and it was pretty funny well, yeah, I think I think that was actually written into the game. Was there a dwarf? Make him look like this poster. Oh, and, okay. And, and so I'm like, oh yeah, that looks good. And there was a dwarf. It was my son. And uh, people would like look at him, double take. They're going to like, you find somebody staring at you. And, they're like, <laughs> and Augustine's going, why? <laughs> why? He goes, it looks like he knows you or something. And then and then he was very suspicious, right? He was very suspicious anyway because he's greedy, and. Uh, and then I think you guys came across a poster. I think it was yeah. Ian or Alan. They came across a poster that looked just like, uh, I forget his name, what his name was, but it had a different name underneath. Right. It was Wanted. 1,000 gold crowns for, for Redbeard the, the brigand. And so I think he actually came across them at one point. I right? believe we did. Yes. Yeah. You guys yeah. both were like running away from something. It was like something tumultuous was happening yes. in the town. And you guys both jump out of like a like a window or something. And the dwarf is there and he's like looking around. He's like and he sees he sees he sees <laughs> Augustine's character and they're like, Hey and they're like, Hey, you're worth a thousand gold <laughs> So he takes off running. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I was going to say, I had my list here, right? And thinking, these are good tips to try to get the characters, the, I'm sorry, the players biting on those plot hooks. And one of them, like I said, was use something from their backstory. But that's really odd, right? That this pl player didn't do anything. Another one I was going to say is at lower levels or lower experience levels of players, use only one or two stories or rumors or whatever or plot hooks and actual plot hooks, right? You don't want to put in red herring. Right. Because you give them a red herring and they follow it. And if they're kind of new, then they're not going to want to do any more plot hooks or follow plot hooks. They're just going to, like, literally just tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Because that's really, like... Uh, yeah, first-time players or, or, like, kids. You're right. not going to give them... I would never give them red herrings to right. follow. Cause no, no, no. No, they just need to know what it is. That you need them to do. A little bit more direct. Yeah. Another thing I was going to say is if you do have a, a multiple plot hooks for like different adventures or different ideas of which direction you want the game to go, but you have one that you really want to explore, right? You have one that you rather have, you rather do than all the others is have a map or have a description or be real detailed about things, you know, have names of, of NPCs and stuff. And that... And I think that will trigger the players thinking, oh, this is the this is the direction that we he wants the GM wants us to go to because he has a map. Right. And he wouldn't make a map if unless he we wanted us to go that direction. Now, now, when I ran, uh, I ran at a convention uh, in late last Labor Day and it was a 20, 2290 low life 2290 game. It was like a cyberpunk game. And 
I and thought the, it was 2090. 2090? I don't know. Something like that. 20, I think it's, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's in the future, Cyberpunk. It's over there on the other show. So after the game was over, the, the, the everybody, you know, it's, we're chit-chatting. I'm putting myself away. And the lady who played goes, she goes, I noticed that in some, some circumstances you had a map and sometimes you didn't have a map. It was at the time when we didn't have a map, was that just something you made up out of the top of your head? And I said, no. I said, oh, I'm, and I told him, I'm using a pre-written adventure that came with the book. I said, no. What happens is, is, is that obviously they're limited to how much, they can't write a map, make a map for every situation, right? And they probably only made a map for situations they thought would end, being, end up being a, a combat situation. When you have somebody printing maps and stuff like that in a book, it costs money. You got to pay the artist. You got to pay extra pages for the, all the maps. And if they don't think that's going to end up in a tactical situation, they're just going to say, role play it out. And that's why I told the lady, I go, no, er, almost, I think almost everything that they came across was in the, the, adventure. In the adventure. Now, it may not have been a lot of description, a lot of details. It was like, oh, you, the, you go to this lady's house and she knows this. So I described what the, what the apartments looked like, which I totally made up because it was more of a role play right. situation. Yeah. But she realized that every once in a while I'd pull out a map and she goes, oh. So, so this, see, this, this is part of the adventure. Yeah, this is actually part <laughs> of the adventure. This is the way we were supposed to go. <laughs> and so it was, I thought it was very interesting. It was very telling, right? Because they'll pick up, players will pick up on little things like that. So when you, let's say you have a plot hook and you pull out a map, a treasure map or a location map, they're like, oh. This. Oh, pull out a treasure map in my party <laughs> and those people will go for it no matter what. So, and, and uh, what else did I think about? Just things that will help you get your players bite on. But in such in those situations that we heard those horror stories on, it seemed like no matter what you did, you don't have to literally bang over the head with the clue by four to tell them this is the, the, the arrow in the, in the ground saying, red arrow going, this was the way to the plot. I think it, it also depends on the kind of game you're playing, right? Okay. Like if you're playing a, a modern spy game or military game, these people are probably in the army or Marines or whatever, right. or they're part of a, a black ops group okay. or they're part of a, you know, someone's giving them a job. Right. Right. If There's, you're a, if you're a, like, like a, a, adventure or a, lev, a leverage kind of game, uh, then yeah. you, someone's going to wants to get something right. This diamond is here. Right. That kind of thing. Right. Depending on the kind of game you're playing, if you're playing an investigative game, there's going to be lots of clues, and some of them might be red herrings because it's an investigative game, so you're trying to figure stuff out. Right, right. If you're playing a Call of Cthulhu game, dude, just try not to go insane because <laughs> that's what happens, and try to not get killed. I mean, those are the kind of things that plot hooks, right? Right. It's not ne- it, it depends on the kind of stuff that's going on around you. Right. The other thing I wanted to, for plot hooks, yeah. is... The more interweaved the characters are, or the more um, like connections connections they have with each other. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes it easier to because then you might know their backstory, right? Why does Why does Steve know Ian? Why does Oh, you're talking between the players? Yeah, yeah. They might know more. They might have more more information. In fact, I think the one when we first started playing, I I don't know if it was a Pathfinder or D and D. When we were all from Cormier, yeah, and Suzeo, and we um, all left the city. We at the all same left time. the city at the same time. 
you actually helped out people by giving them connections to each other. You saw this person leaving. You knew this person. You, you know, different kinds of right. of connections. Right. That was that was a, a major campaign that I started. It was fifth edition D and D, uh, and I think even Chris was there. Yes. And even even uh, I think even uh, Mel was there. Mel too. was there. Yeah. And so what I did, yeah, and and those were. They made characters all on their own because, I don't know, just the way it happened. And I sent emails to everybody asking them what characters they made, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And then I asked them for sort of a backstory, like, you know, what, what is your idea? Uh, what is your character's backstory? And everybody had different, again, different uh, levels of backstory. And then I said, well, you know this person because this person is your friend or something. And it was another character of another player obviously and then i and then i would email them both that whatever they knew about each other yeah. or whatever they were up to and some click some players actually i think i even asked some players hey make connections to each other if you want and then i'll weave them into the story and so i think that was probably my my favorite way my favorite campaign that i've ever started simply because it seemed to work really well and everybody knew everybody right in different ways like- right so it made it easier to well one it was a the way the way that it started was everybody was leaving this town right to get out well, to get away the, from something yeah everybody got in had trouble had a reason had yeah. a reason for going <laughs> yeah they were all in trouble and they all had to leave the town or maybe somebody actually had a had a quest or I something did. i think you're the only one that was didn't have to leave but wanted to leave and then you left at the same time as all these other people, because the, all these other people needed to leave. And you guys are kind of all met on the road, leaving Cormier in the middle of the night. Yes. Which was how I planned which, it. Which, you know, that's how you want to be with a group of people you that you, you just don't. randomly meet in that's the middle true. of the night as you're leaving, leaving the city. Yeah. I think the other best game that I ran, that I started was when I started Pathfinder game and I used my character that I, I planned to play, but never did as the connection that everybody knew. Yeah. Because he was like a fixer. He was a pawn, not a pawn store. Until, but until they actually met him, then they didn't yeah, like him. Yeah, they didn't like me. It's kind of funny. But every, every character had a connection to my character. Yeah. And like the, what is it, the sorcerer, he was the guy who got them like strange things for their components, for their spells, or the wizard. And then there was uh, the warrior. I got him like weapons that, that he wanted. And so everybody knew my character. And then my character turns up missing. And so they're all looking for them. And as they're looking for them, they're encountering each other. And then they figure out, oh, oh, you know, I think his name was Belisarius. Yeah. And they go, oh, you know, Bess. It was why I shortened his name. And so he had left them a note. And then they went from there. That one and the other one, which I called the To the King, I think it was. Yes. Better way of starting a game. And I, and I really worked hard on that other game, To the King, because, like I said, I kept emailing people. And I needed a response. I go, you need to respond to me. You need to respond to me. What I did was... There was at least two characters connected to each other that they knew each other that were friends or somehow connected to each other. And then on top of that, what happened was something happened that one night that you were planning on leaving. And there was like two or three things that happened and they, and they were all involved, right? Like in different the, ways. Like the thief was trying to, uh, he was in a house uh, stealing something, right? Uh, the, the thief, the, the rogue. Oh, there was two rogues and they were stealing something. And then I think Mel's character got into a fight with some courtesan, right? Because he was courting some lady, somebody's husband, wife. And so he got caught. And so he goes running out. There's a commo- commotion in the house that these two guys are stealing from. And they see 
Mel's character running down the hallway and they're like, what's going on? Cause I, I, and so, the, so Mel jumps out the window and they're like, holy shit, the jig is up. And they think they're something's up. It was really fun starting. And I just remember that one. And I think it was fun because, and I think it went well because everybody, I had done all this pre-work ahead of time. Well, I think that's what Session Zeroes now do, right? You, you, Correct. Or certain games have it, so you need to have a connection to one of the people. Right, right. And, and the more connections that there are, the easier it is for plot hooks, right? Right. Because, and that was a, everybody was leaving the city at the same time, and it was, you know. For different reasons. For different reasons, mm-hmm. but you, you get together then it's easier than you know you walk into a tavern and <laughs> right but it took a lot of more work right i mean it was more work for me to get the, that off the ground and amazingly it, it went off without a hitch i mean the players were pro- totally involved and totally committed to what was going on and, and they, they really bit liked, hard into that they really liked the idea because you had sent them all emails right, right. and they really enjoyed the idea that they knew things about other players yeah. But they didn't necessarily know that those other players or other people didn't know that, right? Right. So they were like, it was an intrigue kind of thing. Right, because Mel, Mel was like, he was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I think he was a bard even, right? So he was a classic, you know, court person. And so that like, uh, obviously he's dressed really nice. He's obviously cultured and stuff. And everybody knew, like, why is this guy leaving Cormier, the Suzeo is the city, uh, in the middle of the night? The rogues didn't the actually rogues? know what he did or no, anything. No, but they saw him. They saw him running. And obviously, something <laughs> bad had happened. So they were suspicious. <laughs> and as he's passing by, I think uh, I made, uh, he saw them, but he didn't like really, really see them because they were all in the dark. But he kind of, and, and I secretly sent them an email saying, these guys look familiar. Do you think you saw them in the house? So, but they don't seem to recognize you. And so he goes, okay. So there was all this, you're right, there was all this information that I had sent beforehand that had done all that work. And then like, you're right. Some people knew information about other people and they didn't even know that they knew about that information, right? That they didn't know who they were. And I think Ian and Augustine were both outlanders. Yes. And they yes. just happened to be walking on the road, the they, same they road. Were, they were, I think you're right. They had, you encountered them as you, yeah. as you were uh, leaving. leaving. Yeah. So that made it, that's one way to start an adventure, right? These people know each other. Sort of, but they just all run into each other, and you know, I yeah. had a mission myself. Yes, and they just came well, along. Came along, was- and so it was a good idea. And then, like, and then they're on the road by themselves, and they're like, "It's always it, better to be with people right. and not be by yourself on right. the road." So that, that's exactly. And there was, I think, there was like a there was a, an escort of some sort, like a convoy going. Yeah, was, yeah. So it was it was good. It was a good beginning, and it was a plot. I mean. Uh, everybody was like totally committed to the plan that I had. So it was interesting. I think it worked out really well. Now I'm finding it hard to believe that some of these people, like I said, they completely ignore the plot hook that the GM is laying out. I don't even know like that one with the serial killer. There's another one where, uh, the, the one with the, with the, with the manor house and stuff. Well, see, it's, if I would have been in the, the plot with the serial killer, I would have found him and killed him right away because <laughs> I don't like that. I mean, that that's like something that but anybody you, in our group, that would be a moral imperative that you must capture do, this person. Do you think, we don't know the inf- enough information, no, but did they, did they know that he was a serial killer? Well, after you, three towns, you would, you would think, 
one of the players would, I mean. would have figured it out. Or even a character would know, hey, every time we go to the, a town, somebody dies in more or less the same way. Well, they get kidnapped, and then they, they're killed. They're found dead. But I don't know. Maybe these guys are just oblivious people, oblivious blockheads i don't know i have, i, I can't no imagine a role player i mean <laughs> I, unless they're just ignoring it on purpose right I, i'm that's what i'm saying i think they were they had to right like the same thing with the manor unless the guy totally well forgot about, about, her, about I think his background you've run the adventures for us where we ran into into um someone was murdered and you're trying to figure out who the murderer is kind of thing and None of us would ever walk away from something like that, right? Like, in these, the kids were like, oh, okay. And they didn't know how to do investigations, right? But they figured it out. Right, right. If I, I'll go and talk to this person. Right. And that kind of thing, you know, different. Well, they thought it was important to find who, who's yeah, killing because, this person. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Those are some pretty oblivious characters and players. And I don't know. I don't know if there's any plot plot hook. And you know, I could see an adversarial GM come out of that situation, right? <laughs> you're you're not following this guy. You know, he's this guy comes and kills you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I you would think that that these horror stories of plot hooks and those GMs, they have to be ignoring it either on purpose or just be totally oblivious. I mean, there's only two options that there is. Well, and there are some players that, you know, don't want to bite on your, they don't want to be railroaded. That's And true. they're not going to do what you want them to do. That's true, That kind of, that they have that kind of attitude, yes. right? So then you kind of just have to go wherever they're going to go and either come up with something on the fly or just. The whole group is group like that is different than like i've come across one player that was like that that was just i call him a crap disturber right because i told him at the very beginning of the game i go this is uh, this is my first game this i've never run this game that's written. this is a pre-written adventure uh it's gonna be a little bit railroady and so it was all like you're going on this road literally a road and the person goes i want to go over there what's over there and they're like he basically convinced the whole group to go some direction that i had no experience or even think and so and so i'm thinking on the fly and i heard from other people that this person continually would do that in the in games so i'm like oh okay so that's just which makes it you not want to run games for those people <laughs> exactly because i i know I'm, I'm thinking they just they just want to what is it upset uh, the uh, upset, upset the, the cart yeah, yeah yeah turn over the cart and and see what happens and see what happens right and make you think on the fly and or they don't like they don't like i said like you said they don't want to be uh, railroaded so if they they go opposite direction that your gm doesn't think of then they're not railroaded they're on their own or they have freedom of movement if you're a smart gm you can just deal with that right <laughs> you, you just you, you do or if you you know you have your own ways of de dealing with stuff that's fine. Go that way. There's nothing there. Right. And then and if they want to stay there, fine. Or if you want to just move your encounters that way, go. go for it. So I think uh, uh, if you make uh, plot hooks for beginning players less, less plentiful, no red herrings, and have maps and stuff and details about th that plot hook, most <laughs> most players will bite on the, those plot hooks later on when they gain more experience you can give them red herrings you can give them multiple plot lines and see which ones they go into which direction they go into uh, there's nothing wrong with side quests no. if i mean just make sure that you know if you're giving out a don't make it the bear that you have nothing to do <laughs> right or they're just gonna go kill it and then sometimes you know you have no 
there's no you rhyme have no or reason. agenda. There's no rhyme or reason which way the players want to go. They'll just like they they'll let latch on to something like you may have innocently just said and like oh, and it just piqued their interest. That's the that's that's what we want. That's the big W, right? That's where they want to go. So I I think as a GM you just got to think on your feet in that sense and hang in there. Yeah. Go for the ride. There you go. Good luck. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.